This podcast is brought to you by real-life captioned eroticas. Check the link in the description for the sexy, visualized stories of your dreams. Welcome to my friend's erotic stories podcast, Reddit's Best Erotica, where we listen to the best erotica from our friends online. Relax as you spice up your day-to-day lives with a little bit of naughtiness. Today, we would visit our friends from our slash erotica author, Linda EM2 tells us a story about a colony in dire need of some seed. Sit back and enjoy the story. This is our Friends Erotic Stories. The next story is posted by user LindaEM2 from r slash erotica. The title of this post is Breeding the Colony Parts 2 to 4. Sit back and enjoy the story. Two weeks had passed since John had first had sex with Mary, and in that time he had been with ten other women of varying ages, races, and occupations. His mating had been indiscriminate, heat-of-the-moment encounters, generally initiated by the women themselves, rather than John. This was because a few days after he had had sex with Mary, the overseer announced alongside Mary that she was officially the first pregnant woman on the colony, but more relevantly, They had announced that mothers would not have to work for the last three months before the birth or the first six months after the birth. This fact, combined with the fact that all of the women would be getting impregnated sooner or later, spurred some of the women to take some initiative. John was laying in bed pondering on these matters and the developing situation when there was a ring from the door to his living quarters. Sir, are you awake? Ashley asked through the speaker. Yes, I was just getting up. John responded as he rolled out of bed. He glanced at his bedside digital clock. It read 8 Ashley was always right on time. He thought as he walked to his closet where his uniform hung. What's on the itinerary for the day? He asked as he slipped on his pants. You have a meeting with the overseer at 8.20. After that, I don't have anything scheduled, sir. Dr. Everett told me she would fill us in together at the appointment. Ashley responded through the speaker. What could she want to talk about? John responded, he had a suspicion, but he wanted it confirmed. I believe it had to do with the incident from the other night, sir. Ashley responded suggestively. Ah, I see. I figured she wasn't going to let that one go. John said, his suspicion now confirmed. After the announcement of the nine months of maternity leave, some women had gotten aggressive about getting their turn with John. But so far, only two women had succeeded in actually getting with him. Due to his bodyguard contingent, It was almost impossible for women to get to John without his permission. But this didn't stop his bodyguard, contingent from getting their turn themselves. Two nights before John had been sound asleep, when he was awoken at 2am by his two guards, Lucy and Lisa, sucking his cock. He was stunned at first and even protested, but once the more attractive of the two girls, Lucy, began riding him there was little he could do to resist. He hardly lasted two minutes. Before he exploded inside of her, she didn't say a word. She simply sat on his cock for a few moments, as if trying to soak the seed in, then rolled off of him, got dressed, and left the room. Bewildered, he looked to Lisa. She smiled and repeated the maneuver. It took him nearly half an hour to come this time, but when he did it was substantial. Long spurts of his seed shot up into Lisa as she sat back into his pulses. He had little doubt it would take, and she would be pregnant. After he was finished dispensing his load, she leaned down, kissed him on the cheek, 
then got up and left. His seed slowly dripped out of her pussy as she put her uniform on. Why? John had asked. Lisa simply looked at him and winked, then walked out. What a crazy situation he had gotten himself into. John thought remembering that night, he finished putting on his uniform and glanced at himself in the mirror one last time. Sir, are you ready yet? The overseer's office is a 10-minute walk, and it's Alrea Ashley was cut off as the door to John's quarters slipped open. Yes, yes I'm ready. Wouldn't want to keep old Linda waiting would we? John said sarcastically. He had started to frequently use the overseer's first name around Ashley. It was guaranteed to get Ashley to smile, and John had come to love her smile. She was a beautiful young woman who was only two years older than John at 22. Moreover, she was intelligent and charming. Her brown eyes and brown hair complemented her dark Hispanic skin then. In the light of the hallway, John looked forward to the day he would breed her, but he also dreaded it. Ashley was the closest thing he had to a friend, and even though she had already said she had accepted the situation, John couldn't help but feel wrong about the situation requiring her to have sex with him. I would encourage you not to use that name around her, sir. She joked as she led the way towards the overseer's office. John's two new bodyguards dropped in behind them, and so they walked. The first few minutes of the trip were uneventful enough. However, the situation changed when the group reached the dining hall nearest to the administrative sector of the HAB. Hundreds of women were in the dining hall eating breakfast, and though their meals sat before them, most of them looked at John with hunger, though in others, John thought he saw disgust. He looked to Ashley, she seemed totally oblivious to the other females in the room. They crossed through the dining hall and onto the concourse that led to the administrative section. They walked on and on, occasionally passing women who would wink or smile at John. Others scowled at him. At this, John began to think that some of his mating sessions would not be as cordial as his session with Mary or his bodyguards. After a few more minutes of walking, they finally reached the overseer's office. The doors slid open as the guards, standing before them, stepped aside. John and Ashley walked through, while John's personal guard attachment stopped to wait outside. Finally, the duo turned the final corner into the overseer, Dr. Linda Everett's office. John's vision was immediately drawn to a beautiful holo display behind the doctor's desk, which displayed the world outside the sprawling hab complex. It was still in the early days of terraforming, but already the area around the hab complex was coming along well. Beautiful green grass and flowers could be seen for miles. John looked forward to the day it would be safe to venture outside. Welcome to my office, Dr. Everett said, interrupting John's line of thought. She reached out a hand. John took it and gave it a professional shake. Thank you, Overseer Everett. Please, take a seat, the doctor said, gesturing to the two beautiful chairs before her desk. John and Ashley kindly sat. Wow, nice chairs, Doc. Let's cut right to business, shall we? Dr. Everett said, cutting John off. She didn't wait for him to agree. Tonight's ago you slept with, and likely impregnated your security attachment. Well, I'd argue they really slept with me. But yes, that's what happened. John responded in his defense. Right, that is why you are here today, John. We need to clear some things up going forward. Firstly, you cannot sleep with bodyguards, again, until given permission. We only have about 30 military and law enforcement trained females. The majority of our law enforcement contingent was on the male transport. We cannot afford to lose a single trooper. Every loss seriously impacts 
our ability to enforce law and order in the hab. The doctor explained. John winced. He had no idea there was so few security personnel, and he supposed that was by design. I'm sorry, doctor. I didn't know, nor did I want it. Really? It's all right, John. They came onto you, after all, that we can agree on. But it simply cannot happen again. The women in question have been punished, and they may end up spending the extent of their terms confined to their quarters for their actions. I've explained the consequences of such an action to the rest of the security personnel, and it shouldn't happen again. The doctor said. John nodded in understanding. Now on to the next business. Up until this point, Ashley and I have essentially let you sleep with whomever you want. This was a mistake, and I take responsibility for it. There are roughly 350 women over the age of 35 on this colony. Their biological clocks are ticking, so you'll have to breed them first going forward, starting with the oldest and working your way down. John was startled by this. At 40 years old, the overseer was the oldest female in the hab. He looked at her with surprised confusion. Ashley picked up on his expression and interjected, Sir, you won't be sleeping with the overseer first. You'll work your way through the other 350 women, doing roughly to a day. Then in about six months, you'll meet with Dr. Everett. I see, John managed. He glanced at Dr. Everett. She wasn't an unattractive woman by any stretch of the imagination, but they had conflicting personalities and she seemed all business. He wondered how their arrangement would go. Finally, his mind caught up with what Ashley had said. Wait, you want me to sleep with two women a day? He asked, flabbergasted. His work, if it could even be called that, had felt impersonal before, but this would be taking it to a new level. He looked to Ashley, then the doctor for answers. Dr. Everett spoke. John, we all knew there would be risks when we came on this end of hour, and we came all the same. Now we have a duty to do. John wondered where she was going with this. He had heard her speak like this many times before, but he continued to listen. Now all the technology for indirect insemination was lost in the disaster. Do I wish it was different? Yes, of course, I do. And I know quite a few of the other women in the hab wish it was different too. But this is the hand we've been dealt, and we have to play with what we've got. Older women, such as myself, our clocks are ticking, and the sooner we're all pregnant, the better. The doctor paused and took a breath. One day you will impregnate Ashley, one day you will even impregnate me. This is just how it is, and we have to make it work. For the sake of humanity, she paused and looked to the whole screen behind her. Then back to John. One day we will spread the dream and promise of humanity across this planet, John. But to do that, we will need children. Now can I count on you to help bring that dream true? He paused for a long moment. He already knew what the right answer was. He didn't have much of a choice. And besides, it wasn't like it was a bad deal having sex with thousands of women. Most men would kill to be in his position, he thought. Yes, you can count on me, doctor, he said with confidence. Two weeks had passed since John had first had sex with Mary, and in that time he had been with ten other women of varying ages, races, and occupations. His mating had been indiscriminate, heat of the moment encounters generally initiated by the women themselves rather than John. This was because a few days after he had had sex with Mary, the overseer announced alongside Mary that she was officially the first pregnant woman on the colony. But more relevantly, 
They had announced that mothers would not have to work for the last three months before the birth or the first six months after the birth. This fact, combined with the fact that all of the women would be getting impregnated sooner or later, spurred some of the women to take some initiative. John was laying in bed pondering on these matters and the developing situation when there was a ring from the door to his living quarters. Sir, are you awake? Ashley asked through the speaker. Yes, I was just getting up. John responded as he rolled out of bed. He glanced at his bedside digital clock. It read 8. Ashley was always right on time. He thought as he walked to his closet where his uniform hung. What's on the itinerary for the day? He asked as he slipped on his pants. You have a meeting with the overseer at 8.20. After that, I don't have anything scheduled, sir. Dr. Everett told me she would fill us in together at the appointment. Ashley responded through the speaker. What could she want to talk about? John responded. He had a suspicion, but he wanted it confirmed. I believe it had to do with the incident from the other night, sir. Ashley responded suggestively. Ah, I see. I figured she wasn't going to let that one go. John said, his suspicion now confirmed. After the announcement of the nine months of maternity leave, some women had gotten aggressive about getting their turn with John. But so far, only two women had succeeded in actually getting with him. Due to his bodyguard contingent, it was almost impossible for women to get to John without his permission. But this didn't stop his bodyguard contingent from getting their turn themselves. Two nights before John had been sound asleep, when he was awoken at 2 a.m. by his two guards, Lucy and Lisa, sucking his cock. He was stunned at first and even protested, but once the more attractive of the two girls, Lucy, began riding him there was little he could do to resist. He hardly lasted two minutes. Before he exploded inside of her, she didn't say a word. She simply sat on his cock for a few moments, as if trying to soak the seed in, then rolled off of him, got dressed, and left the room. Bewildered, he looked to Lisa. She smiled and repeated the maneuver. It took him nearly half an hour to come this time, but when he did it was substantial. Long spurts of his seed shot up into Lisa as she sat back into his pulses. He had little doubt it would take and she would be pregnant. After he was finished dispensing his load, she leaned down, kissed him on the cheek, then got up and left. His seed slowly dripped out of her pussy as she put her uniform on. Why? John had asked. Lisa simply looked at him and winked, then walked out. What a crazy situation he had gotten himself into, John thought remembering that night. He finished putting on his uniform and glanced at himself in the mirror one last time. Sir, are you ready yet? The overseer's office is a ten-minute walk, and it's Alrea Ashley was cut off as the door to John's quarters slipped open. Yes, yes I'm ready. Wouldn't want to keep old Linda waiting would we? John said sarcastically. He had started to frequently use the overseer's first name around Ashley. It was guaranteed to get Ashley to smile. And John had come to love her smile. She was a beautiful young woman who was only two years older than John at 22. Moreover, she was intelligent and charming. Her brown eyes and brown hair complemented her dark Hispanic skin then. In the light of the hallway, John looked forward to the day he would breed her, but he also dreaded it. Ashley was the closest thing he had to a friend, and even though she had already said she had accepted the situation, John couldn't help but feel wrong about the situation requiring her to have sex with him. I would encourage you not to use that name around her, sir. She joked as she led the way towards the overseer's office. John's two new bodyguards dropped in behind them, and so they walked. The first few minutes of the trip 
were uneventful enough. However, the situation changed when the group reached the dining hall nearest to the administrative sector of the HAB. Hundreds of women were in the dining hall eating breakfast, and though their meals sat before them, most of them looked at John with hunger, though in others, John thought he saw disgust. He looked to Ashley, she seemed totally oblivious to the other females in the room. They crossed through the dining hall and onto the concourse that led to the administrative section. They walked on and on, occasionally passing women who would wink or smile at John. Others scowled at him. At this, John began to think that some of his mating sessions would not be as cordial as his session with Mary or his bodyguards. After a few more minutes of walking, they finally reached the overseer's office. The doors slid open as the guards, standing before them, stepped aside. John and Ashley walked through, while John's personal guard attachment stopped to wait outside. Finally, the duo turned the final corner into the overseer, Dr. Linda Everett's office. John's vision was immediately drawn to a beautiful holo display behind the doctor's desk, which displayed the world outside the sprawling hab complex. It was still in the early days of terraforming, but already the area around the hab complex was coming along well. Beautiful green grass and flowers could be seen for miles. John looked forward to the day it would be safe to venture outside. Welcome to my office, Dr. Everett said, interrupting John's line of thought. She reached out a hand. John took it and gave it a professional shake. Thank you, Overseer Everett. Please take a seat. The doctor said, gesturing to the two beautiful chairs before her desk. John and Ashley kindly sat. Wow, nice chairs, Doc. Let's cut right to business, shall we? Dr. Everett said, cutting John off. She didn't wait for him to agree. Two nights ago you slept with, and likely impregnated your security attachment. Well, I'd argue they really slept with me. But yes, that's what happened. John responded in his defense. Right, that is why you are here today, John. We need to clear some things up going forward. Firstly, you cannot sleep with bodyguards, again, until given permission. We only have about 30 military and law enforcement trained females. The majority of our law enforcement contingent was on the mail transport. We cannot afford to lose a single trooper. Every law seriously impacts our ability to enforce law and order in the HAB. The doctor explained. John winced. He had no idea there was so few security personnel, and he supposed that was by design. I'm sorry, doctor. I didn't know, nor did I want it, really. It's all right, John. They came onto you, after all, that we can agree on. But it simply cannot happen again. The women in question have been punished, and they may end up spending the extent of their terms confined to their quarters for their actions. I've explained the consequences of such an action to the rest of the security personnel. And it shouldn't happen again. The doctor said. John nodded in understanding. Now on to the next business. Up until this point, Ashley and I have essentially let you sleep with whomever you want. This was a mistake, and I take responsibility for it. There are roughly 350 women over the age of 35 on this colony. Their biological clocks are ticking, so you'll have to breed them first going forward, starting with the oldest and working your way down. John was startled by this. At 40 years old, the overseer was the oldest female in the hab. He looked at her with surprised confusion. Ashley picked up on his expression and interjected, Sir, you won't be sleeping with the overseer first. You'll work your way through the other 350 women, doing roughly to a day. Then in about six months, you'll meet with Dr. Everett. I see, 
John managed. He glanced at Dr. Everett. She wasn't an unattractive woman by any stretch of the imagination, but they had conflicting personalities and she seemed all business. He wondered how their arrangement would go. Finally, his mind caught up with what Ashley had said. Wait, you want me to sleep with two women a day? He asked, flabbergasted. His work, if it could even be called that, had felt impersonal before, but this would be taking it to a new level. He looked to Ashley, then the doctor for answers. Dr. Everett spoke. John, we all knew there would be risks when we came on this end of hour, and we came all the same. Now we have a duty to do. John wondered where she was going with this. He had heard her speak like this many times before, but he continued to listen. Now all the technology for indirect insemination was lost in the disaster. Do I wish it was different? Yes, of course, I do. And I know quite a few of the other women in the hab wish it was different too. But this is the hand we've been dealt and we have to play with what we've got. Older women, such as myself, our clocks are ticking, and the sooner we're all pregnant, the better. The doctor paused and took a breath. One day you will impregnate Ashley. One day you will even impregnate me. This is just how it is, and we have to make it work. For the sake of humanity, she paused and looked to the whole screen behind her. Then back to John. One day we will spread the dream and promise of humanity across this planet, John. But to do that, we will need children. Now can I count on you to help bring that dream true? He paused for a long moment. He already knew what the right answer was. He didn't have much of a choice. And besides, it wasn't like it was a bad deal. Having sex with thousands of women. Most men would kill to be in his position, he thought. Yes, you can count on me, doctor, he said with confidence. The day had come. The day had finally come for John to breed Dr. Linda Everett, the overseer of the colony. He lay in bed as rays of sun broke through his bedroom, curtains, signaling the start of a new day. He had laid in bed all night, but he did not sleep. Instead, he had stared as the white-gray ceiling of his living quarters, as his anticipation of the day to come swirled through his head. He had been sleeping with women for roughly six months by this point, and he had impregnated some 350 women. He had slept with every race, body type, and personality under the sun, and for the most part, he had enjoyed it. What man wouldn't? He was living the male dream. He was fulfilling his natural instinct to spread his seed far and wide. And yet, something was off about the whole thing. Some of the women, more than he had anticipated did not want to sleep with him, and he had felt guilty, deeply guilty about being forced to procreate with them, and then being forced to do so with him. A few months back, after his second session with Margaret, who was now two months pregnant with his child, he had gone to the overseer and protested the forced breeding of the women who did not want to carry his child. She had scolded him and spoken to him again of duty and responsibility. She even threatened him with reduced freedoms if he complained again. She had total control over him, total power. She could lock him in his room and send the women to him at gunpoint if she wanted and he knew she would if it came to that. And despite this, John did not believe she was an inherently evil person. He could see the pressure of the entire colony, the burden of leadership weighing hard on her. These days, the old smile and twinkle of promise in her eyes were long gone. John pitied and hated her at the same time. But more than that, he lusted after her. He had slept with many women, some very beautiful. But the doctor, Linda, was entirely different. 
She looked her age but maintained a youthful beauty through a rigorous fitness and diet regimen. He had seen her in the fitness center, in her tight leggings and activity bra. She had a firm tight frame of which her long black hair and hazel eyes complemented well. But above all else, she had an attitude of confidence, strength, and power about her which even in her degraded state, worn down by the burden of her duties, she maintained. John wanted to dominate her and make love to her all the same. He wanted to make a son with her, a son who could become a king, a good man. So he had laid in bed all night contemplating how he would go about breeding her on the fateful day to follow. She had contacted him via the mail net and informed him that he was to meet her in her quarters after the workday was over. But he had different plans entirely. He was going to take back what control he could. John could not believe it. He had done it. He had managed to slip past his guards and Ashley and now he was walking at a brisk speed but not fast enough to attract attention to the overseer's office. He knew he did not have long. Ashley would figure out he had slipped away soon enough. He figured he had about 20 or 30 minutes at best before she worked up the courage to alert the guard captain and have the facility shut down in order to find him, to rescue him. But he needed no rescuing. He jogged up stairways and down empty hallways, moving with a sense of purpose he had not felt in months. And after a few minutes, he arrived at the overseer's office. He confidently walked up to the door where her depersonal guard stood. One stepped forward. Where is your guard, John? And Ashley? She asked, looking confused. Oh, they're just behind me away. Someone fell ill in the hallway, and they were helping her to a medical facility. They told me to go along so I wouldn't be late for my appointment with Dr. Everett. Appointment? The guard asked. We have heard of no appointment between you and the overseer for this afternoon. She said, suspicious now. Ah yes, it was established just this morning in a rush. You know how these things can be. John responded, walking forward past the guard confidently as if he himself knew and believed he had an appointment. The guard's gaze turned to follow him, but she did not respond for a moment. The other guard, still standing before the office door, shrugged and stepped aside. Thank you, ladies, John said with his best smile. Then he walked through the door. With some urgency, he walked the hallway, then turned into the office itself. Hearing his entry, Dr. Everett, Linda, looked up from a data pad she was reading at her desk. She wore a white button-up and a thin black skirt that stopped just above her knees. Professional and beautiful, as always. John, what are you doing here? She asked, her voice a mix of confusion and frustration. Hearing her inquiry, John made no response. He confidently walked up to her desk and stood across from her, standing over her as she continued sitting. He said not a word and just stared into her eyes, into her soul. His countenance was not that of menace, nor love. His expression was plain. John, what are you doing here? Linda asked again as she stood up. You know exactly why I am here. John responded, ever so slowly beginning to walk around her desk. John, I told you to meet me in my quarters tonight. We are not doing this here. Now if you don't leave no she paused. As he crossed around the side of her desk, she felt a lump of anxiety in her throat. She had never been with a man before. It was a closely guarded secret of hers. She had been a devoted professional all her adult life and highly religious until very recently. Now, here in the presence of this young man and his pure masculinity, she felt suddenly weak, lacking any power. Power, that was something she had always felt, she thought. 
But she also knew the truth was that she had been putting on a performance for months, a performance of strength and power. While inside, in truth, she was wearing away the burden of colonial administration degrading her spirit. All she wanted was for someone to take her, to make her theirs. She wanted John to take her, to reveal that she was not a monster, but a human like the rest of them. John did not respond to her protest. He was around the desk now, standing before her. He extended a hand to her large breasts and gripped, pulling her in slowly. She gasped but did not fight him. As he pulled her in, her lips met his and they kissed passionately for some time. Linda stood still, her arms at her sides, as John gripped and groped her. He was surprised. He had expected more of a fight from her. Perhaps he was wrong about her. Perhaps she was not a tyrant. He pulled away and looked into her eyes. She returned the stare, and so they stood there, eyes locked with one another. Linda broke the silence, John. We really shouldn't do this he she began, but she was cut off by John forcefully turning her against her desk. Instinctively she braced against it. She looked over her shoulder and saw John ripping off his clothing. He did it in seconds and then gripped her hips. In one quick motion, he ripped her skirt up, exposing her lingerie below. She moaned with elation she had wanted to be used and controlled for so long. She could feel her insides swelling with glee and beginning to perspire. Oh, John, she said softly. John pulled down her lingerie to her knees, exposing her matured ass and pussy. Tiny black hairs spotted her lips, but he did not care. He felt in total control. He had total control over this woman whose single word could change the lives of everyone in the colony. Now here, he was about to change her life forever. He grasped his hard cock with his hand and guided it against her lips. To his surprise, she was very wet and he slid right in with ease. Oh fuck, he muttered as he felt her walls tighten around him while her velvety lips spread for him. Linda moaned in pleasure and smiled as she felt John thrust inside of her. It was elating. She had never felt anything like it in her life. She had experimented with masturbation in the past. But this, this was something entirely different. To feel a real man's flesh inside of her being, she felt she was going to burst with pleasure as he began sliding in and out of her. Instinctively, she rocked her ass back against him, her skirt rising up and down against his torso. She wanted him. She felt an animalistic yearning for him and his cock. John began sliding his cock in and out of Linda, her juices sliding out over his cock and dripping onto the floor between her legs. She was so very wet. John thrust deeper and deeper inside of her, and he was stunned by how tight she was for her age. Slowly, she began working her body in tandem with his thrusts, and their flesh smacked against each other with a rhythm. Oh, Linda, he moaned as he felt her body quiver. Linda's whole body began to shake and quiver. She could not control it, couldn't stop it. A sensation of pleasure and warmth rushed up to her spine and warmed her belly as she felt herself cream all over John's cock, her body tremoring viciously. It was all too much, and she yelled, Oh God, oh fuck me, John. John obliged the overseer's order and began thrusting inside of her harder and deeper. Each movement of his hips against her ass sending a jiggling vibration down her ass and thighs. She felt so good, and he knew he was going to finish soon, but he did not want to. He didn't want this to be over yet. He pulled out of her quickly. She turned over her shoulder to look at him, her white juices flowing out of her velvety lips and dripping down her legs. What's wrong? She asked. He grinned and motioned to the thick, wolf floor mat she had in the center of the office. Lay down on your chest, he said sternly as if ordering her. 
Linda was so turned on now, she didn't say a word, she simply complied. She quickly walked to the floor mat on her legs, which were now weak from her orgasm. She laid down on the fur, her legs spread for John. She felt his presence over her, and then she felt his hand between her legs. He fingered her briefly while kissing her back. Then finally, he inserted himself into her again. He laid over her now, kissing her neck as he thrust deep inside of her. She moaned oh, oh John, she was in heaven. John laid over Linda, totally in control. He kissed her neck passionately, as he thrust himself inside the woman twice his age. Her walls tightened around him with each thrust, her pussy overflowing with warmth. He knew he would not be able to last much longer. Her arms were perpendicular to her side, gripping the woolen rhythm with his thrusts. He reached for them and took her hands in his. He had expected a protest from her, but so far, this was the closest he had come to lovemaking since his first time with Mary. He felt a tang of passion in his chest, as he felt all so familiar rush of energy in his balls and cock. But this passion, it was different. He felt he wanted her to be the mother of his child. He felt. Could it be love? Linda laid atop the wool in delight, feeling this young man use her for his needs. She was going to feel his warm seat inside of her soon, and with luck, it would take on the first try and she would experience the pleasure of motherhood. She had not told John, but this day was specially chosen. She was ovulating. This only compounded her pleasure, she knew. She felt something for him though, something different in this moment, something she had not felt in many years. She couldn't put her finger on it, but her heart throbbed with passion and energy like it never had before. She smiled as he felt John, the father of her children, begin to swell inside of her and pick up his pace. John's cock swelled with energy, and he knew it was time. He was excited. He did not hold back, but instead, he sped up his thrusts diving deeper and deeper inside of her with each movement of his hips, as if trying to reach her womb itself. He felt the final rush of energy, and he thrust himself as deep inside of her as he could, clenching her hands in the process. Oh, John, Linda shouted as she felt the first long spurt of his seat slap against her inner being. His cock twitched aggressively inside of her, and she felt his balls pulse against her lower vulva as he thrust his cock inside of her to the base. A sense of deep warmth rushed over her, and her legs began to quiver again. Her lips trembled with energy and pleasured angst as she came, releasing cream all over John's cock as he still pulsed inside of her. She could feel his cum escaping her now. She was filled to the brim. He continued to twitch inside of her. For some time, he clenched her hands in an iron grip and moaned as he did so. John could not believe it. His release lasted some 20 seconds and he was sure he had never come so much before in his life. His cock finally twitched one last time, and he felt their combined juices surge and swell around his cock, dripping out on the wool mat. Oh, Linda, he said before he began kissing her cheeks and neck. It was then that there was the sound of echoing footsteps from the hall, and moments later Ashley and four guards turned the corner into the office in a panic. They stopped as soon as they saw the scene. John laid over the overseer. Their bodies covered in sweat. Doctor, Everett, are you okay? Ashley asked. Linda raised her head, grinning in satisfaction and pleasure. Ashley, I have never felt better. That was one hot story from our friend. Make sure to listen to our episodes coming every few days. You can subscribe and go to our Patreon down in the description where you can listen to the episode uninterrupted by ads 
and a few new episodes for just $1. And for the first month only, I will do name mentions for my patrons on any tiers. It would help me do this every day. And for you to get alerted and not miss any of your friends' erotic stories.